Hi everybody, my name is Laura Miller and I'm an English professor and today we are recording a podcast with Brett Wilson. I'm also an English professor. And uh, one of the things that we have found helpful is to offer students different kinds of media in our online classes and our distance learning classes. Right, right. And uh, one of the poems that Professor Wilson is teaching in his literature class right now is one that I've done a lot of work with, so we thought we'd have a dialogue about it. Right, a dialogue kind of crossover episode, so to speak. Um, and uh, and I think, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to this. Um, we've talked a lot about literature. We've talked a lot about things that are not literature. Yes. Um, and uh, But I don't think we've ever had a long conversation about Wordsworth or... or, or poems at all really um you know we that's I, true that's we i think we've done some scansion of pope because we're cool like that <laughs> yeah um and uh and and so you know i'm i'm looking forward to this i have i have some points i want to make sure we get to um you have some points you want to make sure you get to i don't particularly have an agenda in mind beyond that yeah i so, mean it's kind of like uh the reality show Love is Blind. We have each read the poem. We know what <laughs> we feel right. about the poem. Yep. Now we are confronted with one another's interpretation <laughs> of the poem. Right. Dun, dun, dun. Da, 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 da. <laughs> That's a very quarantine-friendly vibe. <laughs> That's right. So... Um, so just so I, I'll, I'll introduce this for, for my purposes a little bit too. Um, and, uh, and the poems that I want to talk about um, are words, William Wordsworth's Lines Written in Early Spring, which was from 1798, and Tintern Abbey. There's a whole longer title than that, but, but it's okay to refer to it shorthand as Tintern Abbey, um, which is the, um, ultimately the first poem in the Lyrical Ballads collection of 1798. So we will have some remarks about form, a lot of remarks about content, and uh, and some of the through lines that I've been talking about with my class might also be some things that you've talked about and and that you can use too. So so anything else you'd like to add, Laura? No, uh, I'm really excited to uh, hear what you have to say. I'm going to be speaking less about lines written in early spring because that's you know, yeah. more your plan. No, I'm but sort I have of, a lot yeah. to say about Tintern yeah. Abbey. Yeah, I'm. This is in in a way, lines written in early spring is is a is a setup to the larger discussion of Tintern Abbey. So, um, so for everybody's benefit, I'll I will recite lines written in early spring, which is a short poem. But this way, it'll be uh, in everybody's mind, right? And and if you have a copy of the text, um, feel free to follow along. Um, there's a it's it's not a hard text to find. It is long out of copyright. There are many, mm-hmm. many ways you can find this text. Lines written early spring by William Wordsworth. I heard a thousand blended notes, which in a grove I sat reclined. While in a grove. I heard a thousand blended notes while in a grove I sat reclined. And that sweet mood when pleasant thoughts bring sad, sad, sad thoughts to the mind. To her fair works did nature link the human soul that through me ran. And much it grieved my heart to think what man has made of man. Through primrose tufts and that sweet bower, the periwinkle trailed its wreaths, and to my f- and tis my faith 
that every flower enjoys the air it breathes. The bird around, birds around me hopped and played, their thoughts I cannot measure, but the least motion which they made it seemed a thrill of pleasure. The budding twigs spread out their fan to catch the breezy air, and I must think do all I can that there was pleasure there. If I these thoughts may not prevent, if such be of my creed the plan, have I not reason to lament what man has made of man? Question mark. Okay, so um, so just in a in a kind of sight reading kind of way, um, I'll I'll ask Laura Laura as a as a as a very skilled and very learned um, observer of literature. Um, what would you say in general that poem seems to be about? Um, it is about uh, someone who is sitting in a nature setting during mm -hmm. early spring. It's important that it's a time when we are supposed to be turning from the bleak winter into this kind of fertile period. Everyone's starting to emerge. And um, the speaker is thinking, you know, I'm watching all this beauty in nature and I'm watching renewal. Mm -hmm. I'm watching April be the cruelest month, <laughs> as T.S. Eliot, Eliot would later write in The Wasteland. Um, and yet I see human beings treating each other terribly. Um, and I can't let go of that feeling, even though nature offers me some comfort. Yeah, I think I think that's that's, you know, that's that's very much on the nose. Right. Um, every time that human emotions are described, you get words like sad, grieved, lament. Right. Uh, so human beings are sorrowing mm -hmm. in this poem. Meanwhile, everything in nature is there's this interesting vocabulary. And I think it's very distinctively Wordsworth, although you also see it in Coleridge. Um, the flowers, what are the flowers doing? The flowers enjoy the air. Um, birds have a thrill of pleasure. The twigs in the trees experience pleasure too, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and so- How come the trees are happy and I'm sad? <laughs> exactly. That's a vibe. Right, 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 right. And that there's, that it's, I think it's, it's, actually kind of fascinating and we'll, we'll see this in uh we'll see this come up in Tintern Abbey you'll see this come up in Coleridge um that the notion that nature isn't just kind of beautiful so you like to look at it but that the 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 beings in nature some of which aren't that close to being animate right like people don't often think about and it doesn't say trees it says twigs Right, like yeah. it's, it's. But they look like little bodies. <laughs> That's right, right, right. Happy so, little twig bodies, like yeah. in the painting, <laughs> like Bob Ross, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that that um, it's, I think, kind of fascinating that flowers, birds, and these sort of tree twigs experience pleasure, and that, that is part of what's prompting the speaker to say, and this is the very important, you know, sort of hinge between everything, to her fair works did nature link the human soul that through me ran, mm -hmm. right? And all mm -hmm. those verbs are all a little bit weird too, mm -hmm. right? Like nature linked to the fair works. I, like I didn't link, or my heart didn't link. Nature linked her works 
to the human soul that through me ran? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like soul, you don't, I mean, I, I don't know what anybody's theology is. How come is, the but, me and the human soul are separate? Yeah, yeah, the human soul that through me, me What's ran. the me? The who me who is, am I if not right. somebody with a human soul? <laughs> yeah, even if the Should me, I get a bird soul? <laughs> maybe he, no, maybe that's it's true. like one of those memes where people are like, how come I can't just be my cat? <laughs> yeah, that works, that works too. And ran is such a weird word to describe the presence of a soul yes souls souls run through you like like sticking a fork in a light socket like a river yeah 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 Yeah, exactly exactly so so that you have this kind of link between the human being and the natural world and that somewhere in there is a soul kind of percolating around roaming around running around that's that's an unusual you know some of these things you feel like they're old hat like natural beauty okay romanticism capital R done and done Mm -hmm. but there's enough strangeness to the idea that like the soul nature links itself to the soul and that this is both kind of overwhelming but also saddening right like there's something that doesn't quite add up right why isn't he why isn't he more cheerful and it's something about the the way that human beings are treating one another is not living up to the way the things in the natural world yeah. don't have to relate to one another they just are right in right that kind of I liked winter because it was bleak like my soul <laughs> right, exactly. and now I have to see happy yeah things. yeah yeah you know there's there's the word autotelic right the thing things that have their own goal it's something that people say about art right art doesn't have to do anything it just is itself as we'll mm-hmm. talk about when we do Grecian urn in my class um, and so we have these natural things they're they're beautiful they don't have to be more than they are but yet they also have this kind of experience of pleasure mm-hmm. kind of animating them there's something interestingly animating things that you don't necessarily think of as alive but then the human soul is the thing that should be alive and it's behaving yeah. very strangely and I think that kind of circles around to what is unique about the romantics you know, the things that we are supposed to think are important are human ideas and thoughts and the kinds of conflicts that human beings have. If you think of the kinds of books people liked to read during this time, you know, it would be like Gibbon's Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, Hume's History of England. I mean, it was not, you know, I, I'm going to sit and just stare at a bird. No, you know, right. So, like, people cared about conflict and they elevated that as some kind of you know, the fight you go through to get to civilization. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, you know, and he's saying, well, you know, like, can we just, what if we just step back and look at sticks? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The the sticks and birds might have a lot more to say to us than the kinds of things human beings do. Right. Exactly. They have, they have feelings that maybe we can Mm -hmm. connect to or that we can, or that we can realize we don't live up to. Right. Um, and I think that that, you know, some of my big points that I like to make in, in talking about romanticism are how are these, how does any individual work, and there will, there will be commonalities between a lot of these works, how does any individual work depict the process of thinking, and how does any individual work depict the process of, you know, poetic creation and or inspiration, because not everybody thinks of poetic creation as, a, as an activity that requires inspiration. Right. And poetry is a way of setting off what matters. I think a lot of times the novel becomes about a statement related to ordinary experience, you know, either through it being a fantasy that takes you out of yours 
or something with a realist aim that brings you into someone else's. Right, right. You know, in the case of poetry, it's saying this matters. Slow yeah. down and yeah. read it. Yeah. You know, and slow down and read it at this time, you know, there's a lot of lofty things that people are saying that, right. you know, that Wordsworth is kind of responding to yeah. uh, by inverting them. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> I'll have I'll occasion to say say more about this in a in a subsequent installment. But Wordsworth Wordsworth also writes quite a lot about politics. It's just that he's not writing about politics here, unless right. implicitly by way of this notion of human mistreatment of humans. And does this have something mm -hmm. to do with you know larger social issues? Um, but uh, but it's one of the things that people eventually fault Wordsworth for is that he tilt so hard in the direction of this sort of rapturous response to nature that that makes him that renders him potentially incapable of representing political conflicts social conflicts um the way he once did um i'm doing a representative you know in some ways a representative in some ways a skewed sample of wordsworth's work but dip in wherever you like uh wordsworth wrote quite a lot uh, wordsworth lives until 1850 yeah i know <laughs> he revises the prelude literally the entire time yeah right he does this poetic autobiography um that he keeps keeps rewriting and rewriting and so in a weird way you know wordsworth's career starts well before jane austen yep. and jane austen has been dead a long time and he like dies and then tennyson takes over yes. which is a perfect yeah. romantic victorian moment and they overlap right yeah, Tennyson's writing the 1830s and, yeah. and wordsworth's still writing the 1850s right? and Doesn't... dickens is there yeah yes like, think of how much yeah. like wordsworth outlived wuthering heights yeah and vanity fair yeah, yeah. and jane Eyre. right right like i hope he read all of them You'd think. I'll bet there's a thing on the... Oh, by the way, if you're interested, um, I think it's the Open University in the UK has something called the Reading Experience Database. Um, it has first-hand accounts of people reading books. So if Jane Austen really wrote to her sister about a book she read, yeah. that kind of thing is That's in fantastic. There. I, yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. No, that's really good. Yeah, it's a, lov it's a lovely resource. So if you're writing a paper, mm -hmm. you know, like, yep. hey, you're writing about Jane Austen, like, find out what the heck she thought about the book she read. Yeah, and no, that's, that's a really good There'll be something valuable to you there. Laura, one of Laura's research avenues and, and its interesting work, especially interesting work, is about the, the, the sort of um, development and, and, and you know, increase of, of print culture throughout the, the, long, the long 18th century, right? What kind, what, and she recently got a grant to work on, yes. uh, to, to work on answering what is in some ways a fundamental question. I'm cribbing this from you so I can yeah, let you just tell absolutely. it. absolutely. Well, it's just, um, what did people read? Like, yeah. You know, we look at what people thought were great books who were English professors. Right. But we don't necessarily read the books that everybody read. Yeah. Um, and of course, if you were to ask someone about books today, you would get answers that were, you know, that would be literary fiction. But you would also get a lot of genre fiction. You would also get a lot of other kind of popular yeah, right. literature. Um, and so we have a grant to do a library history database that helps to digitize library records. So yeah. Yeah, and that'll you be can really kind of useful. Dig into right. it. It's gonna be so yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, that's really like good. it's gonna be really useful, but it's also gonna be like you know, what did this random widow read yeah. for the whole yeah. winter? Right. And then you can go find those books. Yeah, that some you know a woman no one has ever heard of from right. 1760 read, and I, I just yeah. love that. It brings it into human dimensions in right. a way that yeah, you yeah, know, like. 
Yeah. Fancy accounts of reading don't do that. Uh, and to, to bring this back to Wordsworth for a, for a minute, um, Wordsworth has some of the other poems that are that are published right around um, the lines written early spring. There's a, a, a two a two part sequence about um, somebody asking somebody named William, who is probably Wordsworth, like, why are you sitting on a stone instead of reading books? And he says, well, I learn more by sitting on a stone than I do from reading books. So, so there's, so there's, yeah. there's like kind of, you know, some interesting tensions even in Wordsworth between whether books are the way you learn. But of course, if you didn't think that you learned from books, why is he writing so many books? There's a lot of surly hipsterism among the romantics. <laughs> yes. yeah. They are love worthy anyway. Yeah, yeah. But there's definitely that sort of, I like this rock better than your book. Kind of, <laughs> <laughs> you know my, my butt on this rock? Yeah, It's yeah. like Bad Janet from The Good Place. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> or or Maud the Pony. Maud the Pony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rock related. Watching metaphors. a lot of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic lately. Yes. Okay. So uh, so let's let's Friendship turn <laughs> let's turn to Tintern Abbey, uh, which is the real kind of first order of business. Yes, um, yes. It's and, the best. And so so let's just for everybody's benefit, right? Lines it's uh, everybody that I know calls it just Tintern Abbey, but it's lines written a few miles above Tintern Abbey on revisiting the banks of a of the Wye River mm-hmm. during a tour July 13th, 1798. So it's not exactly Bastille Day as I thought that it was, but it's right around Bastille. Yeah, well, it's right before. And you wouldn't put yeah. the date and have it be right before Bastille Day and right. not know that people were going to notice that. Yeah, yeah. It's a you funny, know? you know, it's... You it's, could just write 1798. Right. It's not, yeah. It's a funny, you know, it's it's a it's a... Is this a kind of oblique reference to the French Revolution, or yes. is it a fake out? It's like a, an interesting, an interesting way of thinking about it. Because in 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 some ways, well, we'll we'll talk about this in the in the poem. What is going on in this poem? How much action is there in the poem? What is what is principally occupying this person's time? The I who is speaking, right? Um, we've talked in my class before about the persona. You know, sometimes poets adopt a guise or a disguise who's not really them. Mm-hmm. In the Romantic period, it feels like it's very often some version of themselves, though, right? There, there's less. Maybe Byron is an exception, but like there's a there's not that much irony in mm-hmm. the I, the I that speaks when Wordsworth says I. It seems like it generally means Wordsworth. Right, mm-hmm. I mean, it does. It doesn't mean some ver. I mean, he 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 does personas in the in the lyrical ballads, but but for these types of things um, that do feel like they're autobiographical, I don't think we're supposed to say, "Did this really happen? Is this really Wordsworth?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really Wordsworth. And, and yeah, exactly. Some- I mean, it, you know, if you were to say, you know, experiences teaching this class at William and Mary on whatever mm-hmm. the heck day, yeah, yeah, today, right, you know, right, like right. That, you know, are are we really going to split those particular? No, Bears, right, sure, right. sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I've been to Tintern Abbey. Oh, is that? Oh, that's right. You had the pictures in your in your presentation of well, this. That was actually other other Wordsworth. That was the. Lake oh, that was Wordsworth. Yes. Okay. But I have been to Tintern Abbey. It's, okay. Um, if you are interested, because if you really like this poem and you read it and you look at the pictures and there's so many representations of that particular abbey. The poem isn't about the abbey. No, it's one of the but, fun, interesting things yeah, about the poem. But the abbey was, um, if you Google image it, you're going to find a lot of Romantic era paintings of these kind of, this ruined yeah. abbey with no roof and no windows. And all you see is this stone framing bits of nature kind of endlessly. It was one of the uh, monasteries that Henry VIII had right, right. sacked during the dissolution of the monasteries yeah. and the Protestant Reformation. 
Um, the way you get there, it's in Wales, which was the only time I went to Wales. Okay. Um, I went from, I took a train from Bath to Bristol and then a bus to Wales. And then I think, I don't know how I got there. Did I walk <laughs> or take a taxi or a local bus? I did think a local bus. Local did you bus. crest a hill and then suddenly see it was there? It was That's the way Wordsworth like, got it's there. It's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It really is. And you go there and you kind of like wander around. And I think I bought something because I'm like, you know, this is never happening again. Right, right, right. Um, and one of the things that I thought was really interesting is that there was a tour group of nuns. Oh, of course. Because yeah, of yeah. course. Because yeah. it was yeah. an abbey that was yeah. a Catholic right. sacred site right, for them right, right. that was destroyed. Yeah. And so, you know, they were they were there for very serious reasons. Um, but I think it is important to think about how you c these are real places in a lot of these poems. And a lot of them are ones you can still see. And some of them are ones that aren't that drastically changed. They've cleaned it up so that it's lip, it's dripping less with ivy and, okay. and right, all kinds right, of right, like right, things right. that were decaying yeah. because they want to preserve the right. heritage of yeah. it. Um, but other than that, you know, it's there's still a lot of hedgerows and farm country and Hed, all that sort of thing. Hardly hedgerows, little sportive rows sport of, of wood run wild. Sportive rows of run wild. Run wild. Um, the, yeah, and, and the Romantic period loves ruins. They mm -hmm. love abbeys. Yep. I mean, that the sort of the, the notion that there are things that used to be here and they're still here and they're kind of broken, but we can experience them in their brokenness and their brokenness mm -hmm. is more beautiful or somehow more telling, more significant. It's very Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I think that's I think that's probably right. Um, so let's so let's dive into the poem, right? So so I mean we we were we were setting this up a, a moment ago, right? Uh, and and when you and I were talking about this before we started, mm -hmm. um, you pointed out how so many of the lines are to us really memorable. Yes, and right. like I remember so much of this poem as I'm rereading it. What yeah. do you think about that? Yeah, it's you know, um, um, I earlier in my class talked about I. Forget. Okay, we're back. Great. So yeah, we, uh, we were we were talking about how. Um, the poem has all these sort of memorable lines, and I was telling a, 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 an anecdote about how a lot of people said the same thing about Gray's Elegy, that like the first mm, time you read it, yeah. it feels like you've heard it before, you've read right. it before. Um, and it's not just because it's quoted all the time, it's just that there's there's something, some kind of weird, you know, DNA encoding or something, some kind of yeah. weird, you know, instinct, like, oh yeah, I think I've heard that. Um, even when you haven't, it feels familiar. And and um, in it's okay if you're listening to this and you're like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. This seems like a really weird and hard poem. That's fine too. But like there there's you know in a way the poem um, has been chopped up and redistributed kind of virally, memetically a lot. Yes, yes. And, um, We've encountered every idea <clears throat> that it has yeah. in different forms. Yeah, yeah. And so when we can reassemble it and re-understand yes, it, right. sometimes he is expressing things that we have felt in ways that sum it up more succinctly that we, than we have. Yeah, and so, so one of the, I think one of the really interesting things about the poem um, and and we, we were talking about this a moment ago, is that like, if you think of the poem as Tintern Abbey, you'll be a little bit surprised about how 
he never gets to the abbey. He kind of looks at the abbey, right. and then immediately, mostly what he's what he's thinking about or talking about or writing about is how he feels about coming to the spot where he can look at the abbey Mm -hmm. rather than he doesn't say you know it it doesn't say and this reminds me that the catholic church was here or he doesn't say you know there's literally nothing about any building at all except for the buildings in this city which suck (laughs) <laughs> and the the building, the sort of cottages and the the home yeah, the homeless right, people the cottage with the, the, the green beginning. all the way up to right the door. right to the green to the very door right yeah um but but it would be it would be easy enough to write a poem about a ruined abbey yeah. that takes into account the ruined abbey and its aesthetics and commends it and talks about how this is a sublime experience is that and like this, the deserted village <laughs> the deserted village is more is more wistful i mean like i yeah, i'm not even sure i would say that this wistier. poem is wistful this is this isn't this wistful. is a weird yeah, yeah i mean the the emotional the emotional register is i think kind of odd um and we're gonna talk about that yeah we're so, gonna talk about how odd it is so let's so so let's do that i mean i don't i don't think that i need to go i i have notes kind of section by section but i don't think we need to go section by section or if i do feel like we need to do that i'll go i'll go back and talk about that right but the um so it's been, the occasion is, let's just start with this. The occasion is, he says, I haven't been here in five years. Yep. And now I'm back. Yep. And it sort of unfolds from there. Right. Okay. So, so Laura, I mean, what, how would you, or when you have taught this or when you have read this in, a, in an admiring way or in a resisting way or however you like to read it, hmm. what, what, do you, what do you do with the, the kind of story structure of the poem the timeline of the poem i think the timeline is really complicated and i've we talked about doing drawing assignments with students right, before i've right. asked students to try to map out what happens when in this poem and it gets really hard i think i'm going to teach this poem differently probably from here on out because as i was rereading it for today i was thinking that this is a poem that was dismissed for a long time not dismissed but the romantics are often dismissed as being nature poets. Right, yes. You know, love of nature leads to love of human nature. And Nat- certainly they do love nature. And nature with a capital N, as, right. as, as we have seen a lot of undergraduate papers referring to nature with a capital N. I certainly have. And I try to warn students not to do that mm-hmm. because it it it's sort of a caricature of what romantic poets are often thinking about right and well and when you go back and you read it you think find you just learn that nature is his sanctuary right and his mode of inspiration and if you look at what this poem is it's a poem about learning how to take care of yourself and he realizes that he can now yeah yes yes yeah i think that's good i think that's good i think that's a that's a big and deep and useful conclusion um, and that's why when we look at it, it ties in with great poems. And this is why you think it kind of rings true, even if you've never heard it before. Right. And yeah. I mean, if you look at like the wasteland, it's a similar kind of thing. What do I do now that the world is like this? Right. Yes. No, that's And it's good. a kind of peace and prayer that Eliot finds, you know, 130 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in this case, it is... 
Well, we'll 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 get there. Oh sure, I mean we can we can we can dive right in, or or I can I can do a little bit more setup too. I want to hear too. from you. Oh yeah. sure, well you know the 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 looping structure is is a thing that I've kind of gotten into for for a while with this mm-hmm. right where he says, you know, I haven't been here for five years. I'm back, and he talks about what it looks like, mm-hmm. and then he starts to take this turn. It sort of folds back on itself, right? Though absent long, these forms of beauty have not been to me as is a landscape, landscape in a, a blind, blind man's, man's eye. eye. Right. But often lonely rooms amid the den of, of, of towns and cities, I have owed to them in hours of weariness, sensations sweet felt in the blood and felt along the heart, and passing even into my purer mind with tranquil restoration. Feelings, too, of unremembered pleasure, such perhaps as may have been, you know, the, the sentences do get long when you treat them as sentences, right? But right, it's, right. I haven't seen the place in person. Right. But I have thought about the place a lot. And even the little insignificant details right. affect me. And sometimes especially those details. When you think about things that are important to write a poem about, you know, plots of cottage ground, uh, orchard tufts, and unripe fruits. Yeah. Like, it's pretty banal. You can't even I mean, eat yeah. the fruit. Right. It's just like some, you know, kind of a weak yeah, little apple true. sitting there. <laughs> that's true. Which, I mean, in July, it really kind of needs to get it together, but whatever. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, it's just like ordinariness. It's if you have yeah, it, like a very, hometown right. or a place that you go or yeah. your grandparents' yeah, house, yeah, yeah. whatever it is. And it's like. Seeing the red mailbox down the street, right? From exactly. Your parents, yeah, I that remember. Red mailbox is a big. Deal. I remember this crack in the sidewalk or something like that, right? Yes, like it's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 good. That's that, good. Yeah, and so it's this kind of ordinariness as 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 kind of like the way we orient our memory like it's epideictic yeah 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 right yeah i saw this and it made me think that and then i pointed this that associativeness yeah yes um but it's also at the same time that it's that it's that um these things keep us alive there's this really tacky saying you know like on a greeting card where they're like you remember the little things in life because one day you'll realize they, they were, were the, the big, big things. things. Right, right. Yes. And, um, but it is, it's that sentiment, but it's just expressed in such a way where it's sincere. And, yeah. and you see that it has saved this person's life to be in this beautiful location, to have been absent from it for five years. When right. When really probably wanted to go back every weekend. Right, right. True. And then there's, 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 um, and on top of that, I think that there's, there's there's a kind of interesting two step that goes to this ro- some of this romantic theory of mind stuff that I that I like to kind of pull on for this poem too mm-hmm. right like I so I think about the I have owed to them right sensations sweet felt in the blood and felt along the heart so that's that's not really a thought that's a feeling it's a kind of impulse right sensations mm-hmm. then um, passing even into my purer mind with tranquil restoration right yes. so it's like it starts out as a sensation and then it becomes something that's like almost a thought and then later it says you know the feelings too of unremembered pleasure and then it continues right um mm-hmm. to them i may have owed 
another gift of aspect more sublime, that blessed mood in which the burden of the mystery, in which the heavy and the weary weight of all this unintelligible world is lightened, that serene and blessed mood, notice blessed mood is, is at the end yep, of the line, yep. twice in short succession, in which the affections gently lead us on, and this is one of my favorite parts of the poem, this until is. the breath of this corporeal frame, that means, you know, the body, right? Um, and even the motion of our human blood, there's the blood again, almost suspended, we are laid asleep in body and become a living soul while with an eye made quiet by the power of harmony and the deep power of joy, we see into the life of things. Yes. And that's going back to lines from early spring. Yeah. See into the life of the twigs. Yes. But, right. And also, but also just like we all have a thing like that. Yeah. If we are lucky and we slow down and we pay attention and again, that's what poetry is trying to right, do. Right. And poetry wasn't trying to do that. No. For no. a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because why... poetry assumes that the people who are writing poetry pre-Wordsworth are people who already know how to do that. True. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and, and... It is more democratizing from here on out. I think that's right. I mean, Wordsworth goes back and forth between saying the poet has special powers and the poet is just a guy. But, mm -hmm. um, but, but you know, you can square that circle if you're creative, right? Like, everybody has special powers, you know. Um, but <laughs> but, um, but the, 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 part, the part that I... And this is this starting to be a dated reference, but every time it says we see into the life of things, it makes me think about, you know, Neo in the Matrix can suddenly like see behind the illusion, right? Like it's it's that there is some kind of life that you didn't know was there, that things are animated. And Coleridge in his poems likes to do this too. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, what is the way that we exist? There's gotta be something really big that like drives it all and we can't see it except in these little glimpses. Right, we have these moments of clarity where even though you're living in the city and you're sort of sucked along by its rhythms, its false rhythms, right. its false clocks and calculations. Yeah, no, that's good, yeah. And then all of a sudden you just remember like what it's like to have fresh air and sun and, and, and everything um, connected to nature and connected to you and your own natural rhythms. A lot of people who are kind of enjoying the more quarantine-y side of things, which I am like, you know, life is tragic right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, true. Um, but there are people who like the fact that they have more natural rhythms to their lives No, right that's now. true. That's true, right? You sleep when you're tired. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you eat when you're hungry and, and you're not living on that, you, the Benedict Anderson homogenous empty time, right? Um, the industrial, you know, the industrial sense of time that's managed by clocks right. and work schedules. Um, yeah, I think, and, and I, I'm just so kind of struck by this see into the life of things yes. concept that like... Uh, every word of that is yeah, important. Yeah, yeah, yeah into yeah. the life yeah. of things. And that things have a life it takes us, like you said, back to the lines written in early spring, right? Like it's it's it was tempting, especially it's like Cartesian philosophy that all this yep. kind of stuff is like, Well, you know, and there's a thinking thing later on yes, in the poem. right, no, that's yeah. important, that's important. Um, and so, so I'm going to work forward a little bit, yes. um, which is to to think about the when not the next verse paragraph, but the one after that. And now with gleams of half extinguished thought, with many recognitions dim and faint and somewhat of a sad perplexity, the picture of the mind revives again while Yay! here I stand, 
not only with the sense of present pleasure, but with pleasing thoughts that in this moment there is life and food for future years. Oh, I love that so much. So, so even so, so and there is that moment. You have had this moment, person listening to this. Yeah. When you are traveling and it is overwhelming, or when you are in a situation and it is overwhelming, and you know you will remember it forever. And so there's that that kind of disconnect where you're in the moment, but you're also soaking in being in the moment as much as possible. And you're soaking... Just soak soaking, it up. Soaking in being in the moment as much as possible because in the future you'll be thinking about this moment because in the future the present will be the past. Right. And right. then in the future, yeah. the part, like your future present might suck. Yes. Right, right, right. Which he's already lived through. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's his, one of the, one of the things... His past future present had sucked. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. No, this is... the But, but you're entirely right. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever said it quite that way but that's very much what the poem seems to be right like now he sort of goes back to the present moment and he says now that I'm back again I'm kind of comparing my memory of it with what I'm seeing in front of me and that makes me think about how in the future I'll think back to this moment and I'll compare my memory of now to my the memory I will have had then. <laughs> I mean, like the tenses get right. all deformed. They really do. But then he go. what he does right after that is he shifts to five years ago, what was I like? Yeah. And this is even, right. And, and- I didn't appreciate this at all but yes. that was part of the good thing about it right 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 so so that's the you know when i when i first came here and you see these words that he uses to describe what he was like then he had coarser pleasures he moved with glad animal movements like your like your children move with glad animal movements well the animal part is more like what animates you True. Yeah, I still think it's also right. supposed to be a little bit feral. Like I, I would, I would it's bound both. around the landscape. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, you're like that's a, good. You're like a deer. Anim- but, animated. You know. Yes. Right. Right. The coarser pleasures of my boyish days. I cannot paint what I then was. The sounding cataract which means waterfall. How I cannot me. paint what then I was is one of the biggest yeah. deal lines in like a poem, and the fact that it's on two separate lines. Yeah, so it's enjammed, as the word goes, right? It is. Um, so, okay, so, you know, I I don't think I've ever made much of that line. Do you want to let us in? Yes. Um, so, I mean, if you think about it, just, you know, to kind of go back to it, you know, for nature then, you've got the parenthetical, to me was all in all. And again, so if you think of the romantics as these nature poets... He's separating himself from someone who yes. is a nature child. Right. He's like, I am not a feral nature boy. Anymore. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah. I cannot paint what then I was. And I think the paint and the was are really significant. I mean, painting as a representation, that's painting good. as art, painting as culture, as cultivation, no, painting as flat and that's two-dimensional. Good. That's good. That's good. Um, and, you know, what then I was, just the act of being yeah. is never going to be representable. Oh, that's good. It's like the, yeah, the being, the, is that Hegel or one of these things, or Heidegger, one of these, like being, when, when you're being, the state of being and bare life and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, but yeah, that's good. I cannot... I cannot paint what then I was that somehow ends up emphasizing the kind of the sheer existence in the was, what I was. Yeah, and that all of it is, you know, but the but you have to say it. The fact that he's saying that he cannot paint what then he was. True. Is that kind of, is, yeah. is an important act. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, like I'm memorializing this thing that I can't give you, but the fact that I'm sharing it with you is right. is a is a gesture. And the thing that we eventually learn is the kind of solution that he comes to. Right. Connects to this. Yeah, no, that's that's good, right? I can't I I can't paint. I can maybe give you words that give you an impression, but I can't give you this visual I mean, he wouldn't have had a photographic metaphor, but we can use right. that, right? Like, I can't give you a snapshot of what I was like. This I can tell you what it felt like. This poem can't be about what it was like five years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that time is past. Yep. Right. And all its aching Here's joys... Here's the poem you won't get. ...are now no more. Right. And all its dizzy raptures, not for this faint eye, nor mourn, nor murmur. It's very hard to say that line. I've blown it many times. <laughs> Other gifts have followed for, for such loss, I would believe, abundant recompense... So he doesn't feel with the glad animal movements and bounding and haunting like a passion. He, but he feels something else now. For mm-hmm. I have learned to look on nature not as in the hour of thoughtless youth, but hearing oftentimes the still sad music of humanity, not harsh nor grating. Or is it nor harsh nor grating? Not harsh, not nor, nor, harsh grating. nor grating. Though of ample power to chasten and subdue. And I have felt, this is the way he has now, I have felt a presence that disturbs me with the joy of elevated thoughts, a sense sublime of something far more deeply interfused, interfused, whose dwelling is the light of setting suns and the round ocean and the living air and the blue sky and in the mind of man, a motion and a spirit that impels all thinking things, all objects of all thought, and rolls through all things. And there's that things again. And then that we'll get to the giant therefore right. after that, but we can pause and, and, and unpack some of this a little bit. You notice that there's the painting and then there's music. Yes, you know. no, like, here are the things I don't do. Right, right, And then right, in a right. way, there's philosophy right after it. Uh-huh. All thinking things. No, that's right, that's right. right. Like, I, he perceives, he feels a presence mm-hmm. that disturbs me with the joy of elevated thoughts. I mean, disturbs and joy together is a little bit unusual, too. But he just used sublime. Sublime is this kind of aesthetic category that helps to kind of put together. But he puts the cart before the horse, though, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um... But yeah, well, I think just the fact that it is disturbing if elevated thoughts cause you joy. <laughs> right, right. No, that's true. Because when I have elevated thoughts, like, no, it's a that's lot. true. Yeah, yeah. Joy. <laughs> I mean, joy is one of the, is a complicated word. Like, joy always has to do with like rejoicing. You're in the presence of something vast, right? Right. When you feel joy, it's not just like, oh, thank you. That was nice. Mm-hmm. People don't say that as joy. I mean, no, it's joy no. dish soap is like that, but. Um, <laughs> Um, but but yeah but like that's so sad that they name i know right yeah yeah. like you know let the joy and the tide just wash me away (laughs) exactly it's it's some sad it's this is all the awakening by kate chopin right right? no that's like swept out to sea with the domesticity or the Virginia Woolf. All right. Um, yes. That, oh. <laughs> that impels R. R. all thinking things. And again, there's this some kind of spirit, emotion in a spirit that impels all thinking things. So if this is some kind of, you know, like soul-like entity again, it's what makes thinking things be the way they are. Then it's what animates kind of from within all objects of all thought, because I guess it's been thought. So now it's got kind of the power of thought kind of mm-hmm. adheres to it. And rolls through all things. All things? Like a stone? A mm-hmm. stone now has this like spirit that runs through it? 
But yes, I mean, that's what well, he I says. Well, I think the, ro- the ro- rolling through all things is also like a watery Yes, metaphor. which we were just talking about yeah, before, yeah. right? Like the, 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 the soul, ocean rolling the human soul that threw me but, around, yeah, remember? Right. Uh, the, ro- the rolling soul. Things that run tend to be watery. <laughs> right. No, that's good. That's good. The thing that I love looking at there in terms of just like the way, uh, since you've, you've taught Pope in this class, right? Yes, it was a slightly idiosyncratic Pope, but we've talked about Pope a lot. But um, the way that Pope tends to work in these couplets, and you'll notice here that this is blank verse, which is unrhymed yes. iambic pentameter. Yep. Um, in Pope's case, you have this closed structure of the couplet, these two rhyming lines, and he loves to subdivide and compare and just like, you know, do fascinating kind of scrimshaw miniature work within a lot of <laughs> right, those right. couplets. Right, no, that's good. Here what you have, and th- that I notice in some Pope where you have a line that's cut in half. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have all thinking things, all objects of all thought. Right. And you, so that is kind of two opposite things. Yes, correct. Placed next to It's a subject and other. an object. Right, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do we do with that? I think... I mean, this is, I think it's part of this. So the things are thinking and they're thinking about things. Right. I think it's everything that thinks is part of this sort of what Emerson would call the oversoul, right? Um, right. Um, then everything thought of has to be part of it. So he's sort of laying it down in sedimentary, you know, accretion. Right, right. Um, right. And then it must be that this kind of motion and spirit rolls through all things, everything, whether it's animated or not, whether it thinks or not, whether it's been mm-hmm. been thought or not. And it kind of like defamiliarizes or oh, makes, yeah. uh, what a subject and an object are. Yeah. No, a very... subject is a thinking thing. That's yep. the Cartesian subject. Mm-hmm. Um, and an object, all objects of all thought, which gives an extra gravitas. Ha yeah. ha, get it, objects. Well, good. Um, yeah. You know, to just something inanimate. So yeah. he's animating the inanimate, which is a very like yeah. transcendental kind. And of you know thing where that do. takes us exactly back to is we see into the life of things. Exactly, I mean, th- things have life, right? In, the things in the, have in life. Um, and so you know, therefore, and when things are alive, it doesn't have to be scary. It can be inspiring. Right. No, that's good too. Like, right. You know, it's not a zombie movie. No. <laughs> yeah, you could probably do right. Yeah, words worth. Words worth and zombie. Yeah, um, there was a first-person Tintern Abbey kind of video game demo. <laughs> thing. Okay, all right. Yeah, it sounds like Resident Evil. Yeah, but it was a very okay. like mid aughts thing. That sounds very much like it. So we get this as you've been waiting for. Therefore, yes. Am I still? Therefore. And you see, there's been a thus, thus, you know, such. I mean, there there has been a logical structure, even though it makes you feel like it's free association, right? Therefore, which is a logic. You know, it's like QED. Therefore, you've done a mathematical proof. Am I still a lover of the meadows and the woods and mountains and of all that we behold from this green earth, of all the mighty world of eye and ear, both what they have create and what perceive, which is already, it's like Einstein relativity, mm-hmm. um, well pleased to recognize in nature and the language of the sense, the anchor of my purest thoughts, the nurse, the guide, the guardian of my heart and soul of all my moral being. Right. I love that you mentioned it as a proof. Um, this is just a bit of trivia, but we can get back to it. But um, Wordsworth writes about going to Trinity College, Cambridge, which mm-hmm. was Newton's oh, good. alma mater. Yeah. And in the prelude, he writes about um, the statue of Newton in the Trinity Chapel antechamber. Um, oh, so, cool. I mean, if you think of this as something that 
you know, this is someone who has had a large formal education. Right, right, right. And has taken it with him into the countryside. I mean, yeah, that's the kind yeah, of thing yeah, that yeah. made him and Coleridge unique. Right, yeah. Was that, you know, like, they had literacy. Right. With a big L, yeah, really. yeah, yeah, men of letters, men of letters. Yeah, no, that's that's good, and I do like you know the 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 things that you you know the eye and the ear perceive things, half but they also kind of create cre- yeah. things because you know there's that almost that that Plato's cave type of stuff yes. or, or 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 Buddhist types of things yes. about you know the the reality of things when you can't see them and. And, and that the sense has its own language. Right. Yep. The purest thoughts are not thoughts that happen in words. Right. Right. Exactly. Which goes back to your point about how I'm not doing. I'm not doing painting. I'm not doing music. I'm giving you kind of words that maybe kind of work their way around what I feel. But that's as close as we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, putting these feelings into words. I mean, that's that's one of the big romantic projects, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then, then the loop runs around again. Nor perchance if I were not thus taught, right? So this is this is what he just said. So I, you know, I I gain these things from nature not because I play in it like I used to, but because I experience it, and then I think about how I experience it, and then I think about how I will have experienced it later, mm-hmm. and then I think about how later I experience what I've experienced now, and that that would be a kind of third version. And this is like a, he's expecting a fourth version. Mm-hmm, Nor mm-hmm. perchance if I were not thus taught. Should I the more suffer my genial spirits to decay? For thou art with me here upon the banks of this fair river. Thou, my dearest friend, my he's dear, not dear alone. friend. Right. I mean, and that's you know, we've ta- we made a joke before uh, we started about had the man the mansplaininess of Wordsworth. Right. Like he's been talking for like two hundred lines, you know, a hundred lines. A like, oh yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and by the way, my sister's here, um, but she's not going to talk. But it also reflects how interior this poem is right if you're drawing this poem like in terms of plot yeah it's like i'm standing here thinking about things yeah yeah and i'm looking at like the sky and the hedgerows yeah yeah and time isn't really and then i look at my sister yeah like it's like it's just it's it's very very small yeah yes and it's it's like that the incident at owl creek bridge right that somehow the time that has elapsed between the things that you've just heard recounted is just nothing Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and uh, and and so so if I were not just taught, taught, you know, if you are here with me, right, and in thy voice, I catch the language of my former heart and read my former pleasures in the shooting lights of thy wild eyes. Oh, yet a little while may I behold in thee what I was once, my dear dear sister. Oh. Right. So I mean, it's 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 nice because it's this sort of fraternal sororal love. But at the same time, he's saying, "Well, if I didn't learn to look at nature this way from thinking about how I used to come here and the difference between my current pleasures and my previous pleasures, I could look at you because you're one step behind me on that evolutionary scale, <laughs> and well, you still have it's wild also big eyes." Brother energy. Well, that, I guess that's total, you know that's true too. Yeah. But it's like the the wild eyes and you yeah, feel wild pleasures, yeah. and it's just like the glad animal movements all over again right um, and so he's like if i if i could you don't get to go to cambridge <laughs> if i if i couldn't get to this point in my neological chain myself i could get it by watching you because you're relatively 
unevolved, but I can watch you evolve. Mm -hmm. And that as I watch you evolve, I know that you will think about how you came here and you will think about the difference between what it was like when you used to come here and what you, it will be like when you come here later. Mm -hmm. And she's going to go through the same loop. So, so but, in a way, she's also, sort of the successor, yeah, which, right. is, which is a nice thing. But at the same time, yeah, right, exactly. He's seen things happen to women. Yes. And so, like, he sees his, you know, younger sister, like, those of you who have siblings with whom you have various kinds of close or not close mm -hmm, relationships, mm -hmm. you know, this is a poem that at least represents that kind of dynamic in a way that most no, most that's literature true. does not true. bother with this. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and in general, if you do see siblings represented, it's like, as you were saying before, the sisters in Pride and Prejudice who are all getting married or right. something like or that. Or the Frozen sisters who are kind of a riff on the Austin Pride sisters Pride and Prejudice anyway. sisters right. too, yeah. right. Yeah. You know, they should have had superpowers in Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> that would make it better. Let right? it yeah. go, Lizzie. Um... <laughs> I don't know how we got there, Brett. But, um, you know, so the fact that he a man identifies with a woman is actually kind of sure. a big no, thing. No, that's right. That's you know, right. he's like, I kind of see where a lot of women go and I see where I've gone. And I just, like, I feel this that's nostalgia. Yeah. I feel this love for you, my sister, because I can kind of see where you are now, which means I can maybe see a little bit where you're going. You're probably going to do what a lot of women do is you grow up and you start a family. Yeah. And you don't get to run around in the hills anymore. Right. No, that's good. That's good. I haven't thought about it that way yet. Yeah, the sort of, I see you in me might be really, or I see me in you, um, is is, you know, potentially kind of, condescending and mansplainy but also is a kind of bond that was especially you know with whatever 17 1798 99 especially not, yeah exactly when boys were brought up to be so right. different no, exactly. from their sisters yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and you know but the two of them did have a good creative relationship oh yeah fantastic i mean a lot of people i mean in in the time that i have been a professor these things have shifted but mm -hmm. nobody used to talk about dorothy wordsworth until like the 1990s as far as i know right, except as a person all. who kept notebooks for william but but um, but considering Dorothy Wordsworth as a collaborator with William Wordsworth and as a kind of poet and creator in her own right, right her kind of no, right. her kind of creative nonfiction, right, treating her treating her work in the partnership as as a real as writer, yeah, and is, and also in terms of like écriture féminine, yes, and you know, right. The, if you look at her writing on the uh, daffodils and Wordsworth's poem about the daffodils, right. they're from the same yeah. event. Yeah. And hers is kind of like this Virginia Woolf-esque yeah. description yeah. Right. of right. daffodils right. in right. the countryside. Right, yeah. Yeah, and it's not that she does the raw empirical reportage and that he turns it into art. Right, no, which is what people used yeah. to say. I mean, that's just yeah. what people used to say. But, oh, but and he also gets, and if you look a little bit later, and like line one forty-four, we haven't been good at giving you line numbers. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll annotate this one when, when I post it. Okay, um, but you know, these wild ecstasies shall be matured into a sober pleasure. But like that's adulthood. Yes. You know, right? Uh, Thy mind shall be a mansion for all lovely forms. Yeah. Like you're going to be, let's say, a mom or let's say a wife or running a household, whatever yeah, your yeah. future is, yeah. or you do grown-up stuff, yeah. you know, you'll be a dwelling place for sweet sounds and harmonies. You're going to understand 
things are far more deeply interfused. Right. You'll you'll yeah. listen to the still sad music of humanity. Right. You're going to have the brain. But we both had this thing. Right. Right. This right. big thing that you'll think about when I'm dead or yeah. He does say that when I'm you. missing and I can't see you. Right. Uh, yeah. You'll 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 think of me and you'll be able to think of me with a mind that has the same capacity that I just went through demonstrating the mind. Right. Has. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, in that way, it's no. Respectful. I like that. I yeah. like that. I, I I I don't think I've given him enough credit for that before. No, but I mean the fact that you don't know there's a woman there for like two thirds right, of the poem, is right? Like, right, know, right. Like that's worth, that's I, worth calling out. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. I, the, the wild seems to be a, a bit of a trigger word because it's like his immature right. self. He sees his immature self in her. Uh, but yes, you're right. I mean, it women is. are like half-formed men. Yes, exactly, but exactly. Not really. It does. It does sort of. You know, sometimes it radiates that way. It resonates that way to me. Well, we can we can at least you know value Dorothy as a yes, right. I think, and I think we've done that. For sure. So, mm-hmm. so just I think I think we're this is longer than I intended to go. So I think that just shows what a productive conversation this has been. Um, do you do you have any closing thoughts? Was there anything you were hoping you would you have a chance to bring up that I didn't prompt you to to, to bring up? Um, no. I mean, I think that we've kind of brought up a lot of comparable texts. I think we've brought up. A lot of intersections with other kinds of poems and other literature. Um, one of the things that I've assigned to students before, and I don't, you know, if you're writing a paper about this, for example, um, take a 10 line chunk and try to move the words around and retranslate it. Yeah. Kind we're... of into a linear um, exercise because you find yourself thinking about the language a bit differently when you do that. Yeah. And you find yourself understanding his choices there, uh, deeply, more deeply. Student, students in my class, I'm going to ask you to do exactly this. I haven't finished writing up the assignment, but that Yay. was part of the plan all along. Aww. <laughs> the, the real uh, friends were the ones we, <laughs> the, we the wrote real, about along the way. The real poetic scansion were the friends we made along the way. Uh, <laughs> but no, that this is this has been fantastic. Um, I I you know I the, my only point that I will reiterate is as in, for most as for most of the ways that I talk about romanticism, I think if you get hung up on romanticism equals love of nature, you're going to kind of lose out on a good three quarters of what makes romanticism interesting. Part of what even Wordsworth is showing when he's talking about nature in this poem is not so much look at nature, isn't it beautiful, but mm-hmm. by looking at nature, it kind of hits you with these lightning bolts of feeling that become memory, that become sort of something like cognition or that yeah. you don't even know is cognition, and that trains your brain in a new way. Right. It's learning learning to care for yourself. And, learn, and that's what yeah. the Dorothy Wordsworth yeah. bit at the end is about, too. And, like, right. one day things are going to kind of suck. Yeah. And you'll have this. Yeah. You'll you'll have like that reserve, that inner strength. Yeah. That comes from, you know, having had unique experiences, ha- having perception, having poetic perception. Yes, right. And having right. Having 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 the poet's eye. Yeah, having trained yourself to have it or having kind of um, practiced having it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's part of what's going on here uh, too. I hadn't thought about that. There's the kind of you know uh, um, mentor protege type of relationship here, right? That that's mm-hmm. sort of what's going on. Like the I have under my tutelage, your mind will develop the way my mind has, and that's yeah. yeah. I love or don't love that. I'm 
You know really? I, mean? I kind of, I found that, I thought oh, that was inspiring I, I, <laughs> compared to my previous reaction. Oh, no, it's funny. Okay. We flipped it. Oh, yeah, well, it's I think fine. we did. That, but that's the that's point good. of poems like this. They're and supposed to make you talk. It's up to the reader to decide. Aww. Okay, so um, so let's <laughs> let's um, let's uh, call call Curtin on this one. Yes, and, um, thank uh, you, thank, Brad. Thanks, thanks to Laura for, for being with us. Thanks to everybody who, for, for listening closely, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. It's been a pleasure on our end. All right. Thanks a lot, and good night. Good night.